Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of serving margaritas, serving shots, Tucson, Arizona, San Diego, love, but today's episode is truly about the Jackalope, that's right, today's guest, Alexis Piotrowski, managing partner at the Jackalope, has some great news, and that is Jackalope South Shore off of Riverside in Austin, Texas, has its grand opening this Saturday on November 19th, I hope to see you all there, and I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Alexis Piotrowski. Well, I think what's really weird is I, d- I don't know personally, you know, because birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. I don't know how many people that I know that thought the election was going to go the way that it did. Yeah. And we actually made a decision yesterday at the South Shore location mm-hmm. to not show it with sound. Oh, really? Yeah. I really, you know, we have a pretty diverse clientele there. Yeah. And I knew this election was very heated. There was a lot of emotion yeah. on both sides. And I really did not want to have this atmosphere where people are potentially... Like contentious, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like getting crazy, maybe arguing. I don't really know. I really didn't want that tone to happen. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty wise choice. I thought about it long and hard and I just thought, you know, this is the most emotional election I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And that... I don't want for people to have that kind of banter. You know, it's very, it's even sometimes, you know, when you're watching sports and of course one team's going to lose. Yeah, it has to be that way. But even in sports, some people take that loss extremely hard. And personally. Yeah. Like even though they don't play for the team. Right, exactly. So to me, this was like any of your favorite teams, you know, losing worse than anything you'd ever imagined. God, no kidding. Yeah. So I said, hey, we're not going to do that here. That's not what this bar is going to be about today. That's that's what makes sense. Because I remember, you know, I have very fond memories of the original Jackalope, watching They Live, Mm -hmm. watching Phantasm, like stuff that just is like, you got to watch it. And it's got to have some sound or some subtitles. But how was the response from the clientele? Like everybody that was in there kind of looking at the TV? I, well, I'm happy we declined to, play it with sound because um, there were definitely Trump supporters yeah, and sure. Hillary supporters, yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. We have to coexist, right? right? It's yeah. a thing. And certain people were actually, you know, getting fairly hostile about really? us not showing it with sound that lived in the apartment complex right behind us. Okay. We're like, well, then go home. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're that <laughs> yeah, far away, yeah. right? You literally, you live It's right like right there. there, yeah. Get over there if that's what you <laughs> want right, to do, yeah. you know? Um, so some people responded positively, some people negatively. I think, you know, as the evening wore on, people, it was starting to kind of sink in what was happening. What was the, and this is interesting because you have a unique perspective because you're in this time and place that is among strangers, some, and some people that you know, obviously people that you know that work with you. Was there like this somber tone to things or was there excitement? I mean, Austin, you think it'd be one way over the other, but how was kind of the tone of the room? I don't know. I think that, like I said, as people, pe- you know, early on, yeah. around six, seven, it was obvious Trump was winning, mm-hmm. but there were still all these other states that hadn't, you know, really settled in. People's and, fingers are crossed. Right. right? Yeah. Oh, she can still win this. Or, right, you know, right. Trump needs to sweep all of these, you know, Rust Belt states. Yeah. Or, you know, and then once it was like, <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. What? She's <laughs> almost, there's no way she's going to win. Yeah. And then, of course, when it happened, it was like, whoa. Oh, um, it's history. It is history. I certainly woke up this morning feeling not very excited. Yeah. You know, I was... Personally, that wasn't the way that I wanted the election to go. 
Um, and I think, you know, for a lot of people, you know, even when you think about like the stocks, stock market going down the right. way that it did today. And then it, well, then it's all, it's all great now. Oh, is it? Oh, See, it's totally. I, I, have, I haven't it logged closed on amazingly. To the, oh, okay. Like, I, I, you know, you look at your stocks or whatever, and I'm not yeah. like a rich guy, but it's like, oh shit. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, so it ended, and In it's like everything day. is doing better than it was last week. Okay. It's so strange, man. Yeah. All I really got to focus on this morning, you know, because I've been at work all day. Yeah. Was. You know, where, where, how are people waking up and feeling? And most of everybody that I knew was not amazing. It was not amazing. Yeah. That is the best way to put it. It yeah. was a, a widespread, not amazing tone yeah. this morning. And, you know, we all still have to get along and coexist. And I was talking to a brethren from Glenfiddich, Scottish dude, and he's like, we disagree all the time. Yeah. How it's well, we don't take it personally. That's that kind of diversity is what really makes the country. That's what makes this kind of beautiful tapestry of different backgrounds and opinions and things. Why do you think? And, and this is of course a weird angle to like take this conversation yeah, initially. Funny. But yeah, why do you think we get so offended when someone doesn't agree with us? I think. Well, I think if that's true. Now I'm begging the question. I'm basically uh, yeah, leading that I question. Yeah, I think but, that you know. When you're very young and you get offended that somebody doesn't agree with you, yeah. it's because you take it to mean that you take it to be that they're saying you're wrong. Right. Okay. And, you know, kids don't want to be wrong. Of wrong. course not. I'm yeah. right. I know what I'm doing. I also don't want to be judged. Sure. So if somebody thinks, you know, differently than me, are they silently judging me? Yeah. You know, are they talking about my character? So I think that's when you're young. That's kind of how people take it. I think... As you start to get older, you kind of naturally have less and less friends. You know, you kind she of get closer, right? right? Like you've already picked out. Stuff. I yeah. like this person. I hate this person. Well, I don't. Or you're married, time. right? Yeah, the exactly. ultimate choice. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think when you're older, I don't know that people get as offended. Obviously, this election is different, but yeah. in general, I think that people are less offended by somebody else's difference in an opinion, unless. The person comes at you with a hostile tone. I see. You know, so yeah. I personally welcome feedback yeah, about yeah. different things. And okay, I, I'm happy that you have a different opinion. If we all have the same thing, ideas in mind, I wouldn't ever learn anything. Yeah, of course. But I think that, you know, we also live in a fairly millennial culture at this point. Yeah. And not to speak negatively of right. that, you know, sort of age group, but they're more, um, you know, from a society of constant reward yeah. and affirmation. Likes, 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 right? Yes. Yeah. You know, and when I grew up, it was, if you didn't do something right, you didn't get a sticker, you didn't get a star, and you got an award. Yeah. You you got to do it all over again. Oh, man. <laughs> no know? kidding. Spelling tests are <laughs> yes, the worst. Exactly. Um, you failed. Why don't you try that all over again? Yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. It really does. I think it's just this interesting dynamic, and obviously it's the generations, you know. Do, as business owner, right, this is a question I ask myself a lot. Do you ever want to pick your customers? You know what I mean? Because you get all kinds. Yeah. Do you ever want to say, like, well, I'd love to just be able to pick my customers? Oh, I think that's everybody's <laughs> dream. That's yeah. I don't even think that's a question you have to ask. If I only pick this, you know, yeah. because I think when you have a brand, you have to decide who it is you're trying to appeal to. Right. Otherwise, you're trying to appeal to everybody, and brands like that don't last. You mm. can't make everybody happy. So you have to decide who is it that you want to make happy, who is it that you want to like, what it is that you're doing. And for me, I try to target like-minded people, Yeah. you know, and I think that most people who own a business try to do the same thing because if I'm passionate about something and you like what it is that I'm passionate about, then what I'm selling is genuine. Yeah, for sure. It connects with them. Yeah. Yeah, if only we could pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard, man, because you get people reviewing things yeah. and they're like, oh, it's the shitty, shittiest place ever. Also, that's the worst. It's so passive aggressive. Yeah. When I when I used to hate something, if I was in a bar or restaurant, I waited and I talked to the manager. Totally right. I had a face to face conversation with a live human being, who could either rectify the situation or tell me to kick rocks. 
Right, which means they didn't care anyway. Right, so then, which is they, fine. then you're affirmed. You right. got exactly, exactly the right. Exactly, yeah. everything I wanted to happen happened. I was acknowledged. Mm-hmm. I either got the answer I wanted or I didn't, but I knew the right then and here, there. Right? <laughs> exactly, I wasn't you know clicking on five stars or one star God or whatever damn. the deal was, and you know unleashing a five page essay via the internet, right. um, being a connoisseur of a business that I probably don't know anything about. Or we'll never go back to. Right, You're there exactly. like, you know, it's like you're not an actual loyal customer. It, these are interesting things to think about, and I know that plenty of our friends are business owners, and it's, they have to put up with this shit all the time. So right. then it begs the question, and I, I just realized how much I talk with my hands, but no one can tell because they're just listening and they can't see it. Right. I love that. That's great. He's a passionate speaker, people. <laughs> <laughs> He's flailing all over the place. I, the flailing is an appropriate, yeah, that's yeah. a very appropriate word for it. I also am generally a very hand talker. That's good, good. Um, and I, I think people think that I'm mad. Yeah? You know, when I'm talking, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. getting riled like frenzied up with almost. my hands. Like, ah, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, that's just how I talk. Are you Italian? I am, yeah. See, well, there we go. Yeah. Now, sorry, the, no aspersions, just some stereotypes <laughs> right, that I've heard, yes, right? Exactly. I'm not Italian, so I still talk with my heads. I don't yeah. know where the fuck that came from. Maybe the bait, I don't know. But it begs the question, why did you, because there's this whole story about how you got into this industry, right? And I'm going to try to figure out why. <laughs> I'm going to okay. try to fig, figure out exactly what kinds of things happened that maybe you fell in love with about hospitality but from what i understand does this whole story start in arizona are you an arizona girl um i grew up in southern california okay. until you know baby basically about uh junior high oh really mid okay. junior high then i moved to tucson which is tucson. where my family's from yeah and then moved back to southern california when i was 22 and started living in san diego and working san diego, in san diego right yeah, yeah. So what, what was the impetus for the first move to Tucson before you came back at 22? Your folks yeah, split exactly. or was it? Oh, no. My, my dad just got a different job. Yeah, that's so, how it is, right? Yeah. So family moves, you move by default. That's right. Like, I don't actually really want to live in Arizona. I like living by the beach. That's who would, <laughs> yeah. we moved to, I lived in Scottsdale for like four years. Like, who the hell Empire, wants to go? Yeah. Concrete jungle. Dude, who wants to live there? Nobody. It's hot as balls. I don't balls. play golf. Right. I'm not that white. I played right? soccer at the time. So, oh, dude, you it's know, impossible. I'm sweating. I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. You, there, it's actually a life-threatening habit if you're a soccer player. It is, yeah. Because there's not indoor stuff. You're no. out there. I still recall the one thing that I, I realized I was in a t- hell-like area. I saw the, the concrete split. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. actually, like, came up like an earthquake and went on the sidewalk. It's like... I don't want to be out here anymore. No, this is this dangerous is too shit. Much. I got to get inside. Well, okay. So what industry was your dad in that he shifted? Uh, so he was an engineer. So mm-hmm. he was, you know, designing. Uh, at the time, I think that he was working for, oh, environmental testing. Oh, okay. So, but like the emissions on cars and things like that. Before it was cool. Before it was cool. Yeah. Before a Prius was even invented. Oh, man. Because yeah. do you remember those long emissions lines you had to get checked yes. in Arizona? Yeah. That, that's not like it anywhere else that I remember. We just would sit in yeah, line. Yeah, you're right. And that, but that's like a weird kind of tradition. Almost. It is, yeah. So you you, get, gotta, stuck, you yeah. gotta get over there once a year and you yeah. gotta wait in line. It's and, like a drive through And the worst part was if your car failed you, and you left, you know, without getting yeah, a yeah. ticket, the police would wait. Oh and, my gosh, you kidding me? And give you a ticket because they just knew. It was like easy pickings. Oh my God. <laughs> this it's like person the cops, just failed. Exactly. The cops at Whataburger on the UT campus. Yeah. There's yeah. like, the only reason you're eating four taquitos right now, sir, is because you're drunk as shit. Exactly. Here's a public intoxication yeah, exactly. ticket. It's a trap, man. That's really, really a trap. That's the same thing with the Wendy's over off the 35. Which one? The one down Seven by things. six? Yeah, exactly. The cops are hanging out there too? Totally. I didn't know that. Oh, for good reason, though. I mean, things well, are a little ghetto over there too. It's, so. it's a rough, rough little nestled <laughs> place where there's yeah. good fries, good hamburgers, lots of fights. Yes. It's happened. And you've seen it go down I'm, oh, without a doubt day. every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> so where did it, so Tucson really hit place now, but going to junior high and stuff in Tucson, what kinds of things, were you an athletic kid? You talk about oh, I soccer. Was. I was yeah. athletic, yeah. Any, any kind of predilection towards like math or science or wasn't really? So actually I was very good at English and I did a lot of art. And I could have graduated early. So I did all, like I ended up in like AP English and some other AP classes. And, you know, you you get college credits for them and this, that, whatever. Um, And by the time senior year hit, I could have not done the senior year if I didn't want to. Right, okay. But 
I realized, well, all my friends are graduating this same year. Yeah. What am I going to do? You're just hanging out, right? Yeah, and that's weird, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so I took my senior year just art classes. Oh, shit, that's cool. Yeah. What, 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 what's your medium? Do you like paints? Do you like to sculpt? So I tend to find myself in more of like a mixed media, mm. you know, like maybe painting, maybe um, working with wires, wood, branches, um, like found objects. Yeah, I, yeah. I Duchamp, find, right? What's that? Marcel Duchamp, like finding toilets and turning it into art and stuff. Well, yes, on a smaller <laughs> scale, probably. Um, but I think there's a lot of beauty in things that people don't, you Interesting, know, yeah. look at. And I try to create something that I think is visually appealing or pleasing. Typically stuff that's discarded even? Or is it kind not that? Of, yeah. yeah. So, you know, when I was doing more mixed media things, it would be, I don't know, like hair and really um, like moths, bugs, insects, things like that. Inter- like real organic. Yeah, of, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, there's a bunch of crazy insects in Arizona, too. Dude, everything in Arizona <laughs> is like out to hurt you. That's right. You've got the scorpions, yes. the rattlesnakes, the uh, uh, what are those? The tarantulas. Yeah, big uh, beetles all over the place. Horny toads that yeah. shoot blood out of their eye to try to blind you, and that's their defense mechanism. It's a Cactuses. tough place, dude. I mean, yeah. yeah. It is. Cacti. Cacti, that's right. Yeah. The saguaros, the yeah. saguaros. We yeah. don't see a lot of those here. It's kind of, I miss that. A I bit. do, too. That's one thing I actually do miss about Arizona. But so going down the art path, was the athletic piece something that was just as feasible in terms of going into college, getting a scholarship and that kind of stuff? So when I graduated high school, I thought that I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. So I started going to community college and was doing my gen eds for that. Okay. But then I realized that teachers don't make any money. That's true. And while I think I'm a natural born leader and I really love children and that was very rewarding, I started working at a preschool and I was doing their after school program to, you know, kind of like put myself in the situation and what I realized was that I would have gotten paid more to wash somebody's dishes than I would to watch their children. Oh, man. And Not get sick because of it either. And, you know. I mean, teachers aren't treated very well. You right. know, you have very defensive, protective parents who can't be told that their child isn't doing well mm-hmm. or they need a little extra help or a little extra time or whatever the situation is. And I found that that's, that just wasn't my path. <laughs> mm. Hey, world. Thank you for the wake-up call. This is not what Alexis is meant to do. But that's the greatest thing about the world. Right. Tell me what I don't want to yeah, do, exactly. right? Because then I can just cross Start it off. Start eliminating those things <laughs> exactly. right off the list. That's what dating is. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I now you, I know. I hate you. You're great. You're the worst. The worst. Yeah. But it's still all great to have on the list. So right. Don't repeat that shit. Right. Time and time again, right? Yeah. So is it safe to say then when you kind of have this realization that you're like, I just want to do food stuff? hospitality stuff was that really kind of how it presented itself you know it wasn't actually it was like I had done you know my first job was I was a hostess you know when I was 16 and I worked at Landry's Seafood House oh Landry's and you know um that was a very fond memory just because it's fun and the service industry is really fun yeah 16 too I mean that's pretty early yeah I've always had a really good work ethic yeah so you know I'm working there and when I realized that I didn't want to do this you know child rearing for somebody else <laughs> and that underpaid uh, sort of deal. I, you know, went back to waiting tables. Mm. And while I was living in Tucson, I got my first bartending job at this place called Bison Witches. Okay. And it's right on 4th and it's in the middle of little downtown Tucson, you know, yeah. kind of hip, cool place. And, you know, at the time, this is, you know, over a decade ago. Yeah, what year are we talking roughly? So... Probably right when I had turned 21, and I'm, you know, I'm not 21 anymore. We can beep it. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I'm 36 now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're the same age, so. So, at that time, and I obviously didn't live anywhere else, so I don't know what the rest of the world was like, but Tucson didn't have a lot of female bartenders. It was definitely, you know, a thing of only men got hired behind bars. Do you think women were applying to be in the gigs or it was... They were. I think that a lot of people, you know, over 10 years ago thought that women weren't assertive enough to cut people off or, you know, people, I think, were more comfortable with having females as servers. Right. 
and not as much as the person behind the bar. Like a decision maker, really. It's an interesting yeah. thing where it's like, okay, you can do this stuff. Right. But I don't trust you to do like the real stuff. It's like very doctor nurse. It is. Like yeah. I'm totally comfortable totally with a female right. nurse, but you know, I don't know if I want that girl right in my I don't have cancer. Yeah, what are you exactly. talking about? You're a woman doctor. I'll <laughs> yeah. give you the that's yeah. you're that is a very interesting thing. And again, really apropos given the kind of state we're in this right. this week, especially. Right. Anyway, so but the bar, the bar back, not the bar backing thing, but the bartending thing, was that interesting to you? Like an interesting shift from serving? It was very interesting because I was kind of like, yeah, I'm in charge now. <laughs> and, you know, I had been taking people's shit as a server for yeah, so many yeah. years, you know, for like at that point a right. long time. And I really liked it. I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, so Bison's hired me. They trained me. It was a very college bar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of shots, a lot of like what color. Also, like think about the year that it was, you know. Yeah, you're at talking that like time, 2000, 2001, right? Right, exactly. So everything's like yeah. purple, blue, green. How many layers are in that <laughs> right. shot, you know? Um, but how it much is sugar? shots, right? Like a bunch of shots. Oh, a bunch of shots. I really knew my shots back then. And I don't think those shots still apply these days. I mean, fortunately, I think we've kind of grown past that. Yes. You know, just a little bit. I don't know the last time somebody ordered like a sexy alligator or See, you know, a know Starry Night. Yeah, what is that? Starry Night's just Goldschlager and Jaeger. Fair enough. But but it Sl- sounds God. cool. It sounds like so <laughs> sludgy. It's just, yeah. it should just be called neurosis. That's what it, it should be called. Yeah, just it's very, very uh, artery clogged for sure. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where I got my you know bartending start for sure. Yeah. And I worked there for... You know, I want to say a good year or so before I moved to San Diego. So what was the impetus for moving to San Diego? Career? Was I, it love? No. Like you know what? It was more like, I don't want to live in Tucson forever. I right. lived in California and I had I wanted to go back. I always wanted to go back to California. Something about the beach, right? I mean, it was just a different lifestyle even, you know? Mm. Um, so I saved up my money and I had a friend of mine who was a traveling nurse in Tucson, moved to San Diego. And he had said, you know, Alexis, I really want you to move out here. I really think you're going to love it. And when he would travel in Tucson and mm-hmm. leave Tucson, I would watch his dog. Oh, cool. And he was roommates with my best friend at the time. So this is kind of how I met him. Makes and we sense, all stayed yeah. in contact. And I would go visit them in San Diego. And I'm like, man, I love it. But, you know, it's scary moving to a place that's far more expensive. Oh, right. You don't like, I wasn't very good with my money as a 21 year old kid. What do you spend money on as a 21 year old? Like anything, everything. <laughs> what do you got? Right? Yeah, I'll buy anything. Yeah. I'll be sold anything. <laughs> so he says, you know, Alexis, if, why don't you move over to San Diego and just watch my dog? Yeah. I have an extra room. And when you can afford to pay rent, then you can pay rent. Oh, it's perfect. So I was like, okay, that's what Family one hell was of a still deal. there too, right? Uh, no, we, they, we'd all moved back to Tucson. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, it was just kind of me going out into the world by myself. Man. And I said, well, you know what the hell is it? I'm going to take you up on this offer. Yeah. Because I don't want to live in Tucson, Arizona for the rest of my life. You get stuck there. You get stuck there. And so I did. I saved up my money and I moved and started working at a place in the gas lamp called Fred's. Okay. What kind of spot was that? It was... I guess a white Mexican place with a lot of kitsch. <laughs> that, like, oh my gosh. Sense. Yeah, there's a lot of places like that in Arizona too. <laughs> yeah, there totally are. Yeah. So it was, you know, they had things on their menu like chingaderas, which what you know that? in Spanish means like little motherfucker or something okay. like that. Like, <laughs> you know, so it was kind of fun. Yeah, it's good. Kitschy is a great word for it. It was definitely kitschy and, you know, kind of in a weird way, decorated like a little hooterishy, if that okay. makes sense. Like, you know how Hooters is like kind of gaudy and has a bunch of things in oh, it? Oh, yeah. And you're like, why are these palapas indoors? Right. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. they were at Fred's. Interesting. You had these indoor palapa boots. and So it's like a John Waters movie almost. It <laughs> had its own little niche for sure. Um, and there they wouldn't hire you as a bartender. You had to start as a server. Okay. At least I did. And I remember having a conversation with my boss, Robin, at the time. And I'm like, Robin, I can't wait tables anymore. It's literally stealing my soul. <laughs> These people, you know, because yeah. people do treat your servers differently. Oh, they, totally treat, do. they treat you like servants. Yeah. And certainly that place, not to disparage them because they were a well-run organization, but it was like the customer was always right. Mm-hmm. And I think in that time, you know, early 2000s, people really believed that. There's no way the customer is wrong. There's no way the customer is trying to milk me for free things right. 
by complaining because they know what the complaint policy is. There's no way anybody's taking advantage of this restaurant. Why was th- it's so funny because you're right. Like, why did that not occur to us? In the, I don't in the industry? know. People are always trying to be shysters. Always. Shit all it's the like the Nordstrom's return policy. What is oh, I, No way. Tell me about that. Oh, it's insane. It's like, I wore it. I used it. I hate it. I like my money back. Okay. Oh, Same thing with makeup there. No perfume. Shit. Yes, totally. Ooh, maybe I'll look into a tux for <laughs> I mean, an event. There's Christmas is coming up. You know? I've, I've made some drunken decisions <laughs> in my youth to purchase <laughs> things from there. Sobered up a couple weeks later and been like, what the fuck? <laughs> this has to go back. But I'm going to use it a couple more times first. That's beautiful. But yes, yes, illustrates the point perfectly. People take advantage. Yes, they do. So, uh, you know, I said, I can't do this anymore. Get me off the floor, you know, sort of deal. Yeah. Um, And they did, you know, and I bartended there for a good while. And it's funny because I want to say that San Diego, though I had worked in the service industry for a long time, Mm. San Diego is actually where I learned how to make money. What's what was the distinguishing difference then? I think that I became, you know, more comfortable with sort of myself uh-huh. and like what my service was and maybe like what my table persona or my bar presence was. Yeah, yeah. And I really kind of learned what people wanted. What? Tell me a couple of things that were unique and you're like, oh, I didn't realize people wanted this stuff. I think that, you know, having waited tables for a long time in, and, you know, not having bartended, but only when I was waiting tables. I yeah. think tending bar taught me a lot, too, just about presence. Sure. But I think that it, you were, I was almost more afraid of my guests. Hmm. Like, you don't want to get in their way. You don't okay. want to be a part of their experience, and they don't want you to be Yeah. sort of deal. And I think a lot of places that's probably still true, you know, just depending on, you know, what type of uh, bar or restaurant you choose to go to. Yeah, yeah. But I think that I started to realize that good service extended past just getting people what they wanted and refills and being attentive. Yeah. It was also being genuine and being really friendly and a little bit more engaging and creating, you know, a memorable experience. Yeah, yeah. Does that does that often involve getting to know just a little tidbit about the customer itself? Or is it more topical than that? I think it's more topical. I think that you know, certainly I learned how to develop regulars and, you know, very loyal repeat customers. And at that point, I would tend to know a lot about them because they've come to see me once a week or, you know, sometimes every day, sometimes twice a day, uh, you know, depending (laughs) on the day or the week or the shift. Um, So I want to say that San Diego, you know, really taught me a lot about what what type of service I wanted to give yeah, and how I expect for the people who I employ to behave as well. You know, so for that's me, a that good, was really good. Like a good template almost or like it a was. profile in a sense, right? Right. So to, to hire to, I, I guess, you know, it's interesting because it makes sense. So you, you do the server thing, you step behind the bar, you start to understand your strengths right. and how to play to those and to give people the kind of experience that they want. At this point, are you... Because it sounds like you talk about work ethic. I mean, you're incredibly timely. Like, the, just the correspondences we've had, I can tell you're on top of your shit. Yeah. Which is almost a rarity in this industry. But are you thinking, you know, it'd be nice someday to have my own thing. Was that a thought that was even kind of springing up yet? So that probably became a, a real thought of mine when I started bar managing at Jackalope. Yeah. I had been in the service industry at that point for a very long time. And I wanted to learn other facets of the business, sure. you know, from other than just an employee, an employee standpoint, yeah. you know, what goes into, you know, the running of the day to day establishment and, you know, how do you open your own business and things like that. Um, I now realize that <laughs> I don't think that I, I'm very happy working with people, Yeah, you know, so my business partners and I collaborate together. Sure, sure. It's their business that I run, but I am their partner. Yeah. And I have a lot of freedom, and I, you know, was able to open up another location because I really, really wanted to. And I had proved to them that if they trusted me to do so, that I would make them happy, and I would make them money, and I promise you, you know, sort of deal. But I also know the amount of hours that it takes for your own personal business and the amount that I spend on their business 
I don't think I have enough for my own personal business. That's a great, absolutely does. Yeah. I mean, you're really, really involved with operations. So, so let's talk about this Jackalope chapter because it was a very important place for me. I've been, I've, I've been in Austin like 16 years now and we would always, when I live in Travis Heights, Thursday nights, we'd go and you, it's seriously, and did you guys have the big, the big drink then too? Yeah. uh The Hell Dorado. The Hell Dorado. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Sorry, that puppy's like, been a staple for a long time. It was so good. It's still good. Yeah. I just, I, I, you can see my eyes. Yeah. And like, and oh, you know nostalgia. What? And it might not even, I think the flavor profile is refreshing. Yeah. Um, it might not be the best drink you've ever had, but there's something about it that just makes it fun. Yeah. That you're and like, you good. know what? This is good. I do like this. I don't have to think about it. It just yeah. works. Yeah. It's like John Fogarty. Yeah. Read it. Like, just stuff that you like you get. You know, I don't know why John Fogarty's on my mind. I don't know. It just sort of is. It sort of is. But was San Diego, so you, was the shift from San Diego then to Austin? That was the the next, not, you know, we're skipping yeah. some in the middle, but that yeah. kind of move. Why Austin? Because it seems like an interesting jump at that time. Right. We're, we're talking mid 2000s? So when did you come into town? I got here actually probably about five or six years ago. Okay, okay. So, just, so I did San Diego for roughly eight years, wow. eight or nine to be honest. And while I worked there, because <laughs> it's funny, I lived there, but I worked there more than I lived there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. I worked two to three jobs the entire time that I was there. Oh, man. It was really only until probably the last, I want to say maybe six months, maybe a year that I only had one job. So as far as, you know, the types of places that I've worked, I've literally worked in every type of bar or restaurant you could possibly imagine. Yeah. You know, I've worked at a sushi lounge. I've worked at a conceptual lounge. I've worked at dive bars, neighborhood bars, sports bars, clubs, um, Italian wine bars. It's amazing. Um, so you're like I, the perfect person to put into any situation. Mexican restaurants, yeah. high-end Mexican restaurants. Shop bars. Like, yes, yeah, totally. Amazing. At literally any type of bar you could think of, I worked in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in Southern California, you're on the paper chase. You know, what place just opened up? Mm-hmm. How much money are they making there? Oh, shit, I'm going to go work there. You know, um, yeah. it, it's always what's opening how much money do you think you're going to make there? What kind of shifts am I going to get? Can I work double somewhere else? Okay, cool. No problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, so when I came here, oddly enough, I was like, you know, I've worked a lot. Sure. I'm just going to chill out. You Different know? pace of life here, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but the funny thing is, I never chilled out. I think. Keep telling you yourself, know? right? Yeah. I think the first two months that I lived in Austin six years ago, I had some free time. Yeah. But that was it. That, <laughs> that was, was it. I can recall couple, six years ago, I had a good couple weeks that were available. I remember when we first moved here, I went on the search for a perfect deviled egg plate. Uh, <laughs> and I took the whole day going to thrift stores and having happy hour. That was a great day. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Your memoirs have two pages. Yes, the two exactly. days you were able to look for yeah. deviled egg. Trip. Yeah. Well, so what, but what was it about Austin that drew you to it? It's a, it's a great place, obviously. It's kind of evidently cool. I think that... Like a lot of people who move here, I was smoke and mirrored a little, okay. you know, because I came yeah. during South by. Oh, and of right, course, everybody right. thinks because we don't know any better that, oh, wow, this town's always like this. Oh, this geez, is I... awesome. This is on fire. Look at all these people. Yeah. This is cool. And then you move here and you're like, whoa, this is much slower. Totally. Life pace. Seasonal. Very seasonal. Right. Than I thought it would be. But, you know, so I had come for South by several times, you know. Since, since I had been living in San Diego. Yeah. And I was actually very happy with how slow it was here because, to be honest, when I first moved here, Austin felt like, to me, like a giant Tucson. Okay. Yeah, that's heard the same thing, yeah. It is. You know, it's got a cool scene. It's not very big because, to me, Austin still isn't that big. You right, know? yeah. We all, it's crazy how much... How many of us just know each other? Totally. Oh, you Pro- know so-and-so? Okay. Probably. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I do yeah, know yeah, that yeah, I know that. Right. Yeah. It's like inescapable, sure. you know, like I want to spend a day off uh, going to a place and I'm not going to see any customers. Oh, shit. There's five you people that them. I yeah. see every day, you know, unavoidable, totally. But so when I moved here, you know, everything was new to me and it was slow and it was easy and it was, you know, kind of nice. And then I, you know, got that management job and it was like, whoa, this is all of a sudden, you know, 60 hours a week, yeah. sometimes 70 Serious hours a week. Deal, right? Say it again. Serious deal. Like, was it a salaried thing, too? 
Yeah, so, you know, it's like a salaried plus tip deal. Yeah, so that's how you know. It's like 40 hours, more like 60 hours. Yeah, Yeah. plus, like, I was used to working these crazy hours, and I'm like, well, so wait, if I work another shift, and I was like the type of bar manager, it's like, oh, you want the day off? Cool, no problem, I'll take that shift. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nobody will work for you? No, no problem, I'll take that shift. Hey, you know. I mean, that's it's great. But you were you married at the time? Uh, yeah. So John and I moved together here as a married couple, and we celebrated our first anniversary here. In oh, that's town. incredible. Yeah. How, how? So that is one of the things, one of the fallouts, if you if you will, or shrapnel mm-hmm. of being in this industry. Is he relatively understanding that you have these late nights? Guys are going to be throwing themselves at you because they're drunk and. Well, you know, we worked in the same industry together in San Diego, okay. and he works in the same industry here. Oh, he does? Okay. He doesn't have, by any means, the crazy hours that I have because he's not in this management position, but yeah. he had managed at a couple different places here, you know, earlier on, um, you know, probably like three years ago or yeah, whatever. Because yeah. he's like doing real estate stuff now, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So he works at, you know, a bar down on South Lamar a couple nights a week, and then he does real estate during the day. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't know if that's going to take a grinding halt (laughs) due to this election. I think it might. (laughs) Who knows, right? Yeah. yeah. We actually have some people, some friends of ours that were pretty gung-ho about buying a house. Text this morning, we're going to hold off for a while. Really? I don't blame them. I mean, people want to, this is, buying a house is is an investment. Oh, sure. And if I'm investing all of this money into this thing, I want to make sure that I see a return, not that, you know, the housing markets are going to crumble because the Dow went down earlier, but now is back up. Right. Yeah, it's, I think it's so weird. It's just a weird, but to your point, it makes a lot of sense. You're throwing a lot of money in something, but, you know, Austin's a relatively sure bet at this point. Yeah. Less Fewer and fewer houses to get. Yeah. Can't get them with the, for the price that you want. No. But, but so real estate, good choice for him to do that. But so since you guys have similar hours, not a lot of friction there then. No, not at all. I think if anything, he's never upset or whatever about how much I work. He's probably honestly the most supportive husband I've ever heard of. Yeah. Because I definitely, you know, we've all heard it. Oh, my, my wife girlfriend, boyfriend, husband Mm -hmm. left me because of the amount of hours I work or the job comes first or, you know, my boyfriend, you know, if we were dating, I think it would be harder because I think a lot of people have to overcome um, how demanding a position like this is. But we are already married. He loves me. I love him. We have great lines of communication. Totally. Exactly. I think if anything, he probably just worries about how much I work in the aspect that, you know, I'm getting tired or sure. like, hey, you didn't like I didn't have a chance to eat today. Yeah. You know? Yeah, stuff <laughs> like, like here, general I'm maintenance. Here, I'm like, okay, I gotta get my kind bar in totally. before I pick out what kind of booze I wanna drink for the interview. Yeah. You know, I it's, gotta get something a base in. You're totally right. Like yeah. my back hurts. Right. My feet hurt. Yeah. My throat hurts. Right? Yes. Which is a crazy thing. And I've met a few people that when you talk about repetitive injuries, obviously yeah. shoulder, elbow. Throat is one of these things. Yeah. People, I, I never even thought about Because it. you're talking so much and you're so projecting loud. and you're straining and yeah. Well, one of the things, so talking about Jackalope, which I think has been a really, obviously, you know, early on important for me too. Again, the stars and the eyes thinking about the, the early 2000s, yeah. right? Which is a lovely, thing. It just lovely feels thing. good. It's it like, totally man, does. I remember those days. Yeah. yeah. It was, man, I was such a, such a wiener back in the day. I thought I was really cool, but I don't know. Was I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely not cool. But you're really, really astute with with regard to branding. And so Jackalope is something, you know, I talked to random bartenders just about Jackalope. And they have the same kind of fondness yeah. about it. They're like, I've traveled the world. And I think about a bar that I would always want to go to wherever it was in the world. And Jackalope always comes up. So is it as you kind of like your take on it? Why is it so special? Because it's ordinary, but not, you know. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's like unconventionally beautiful. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. you see somebody and you're like, that person's really attractive, but not in the way that most people think somebody's attractive. Totally. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of to me the jackalope. It is. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the uniqueness of character especially where it's located. Yeah. You know, if the other bars on the street were as divey mm-hmm. as our bar, our bar might seem less special sure. to a degree. I also think, you know, so Jack Lope's been open now for 12 years and it's I've been a part yeah. of it for six. Amazing. 
I think certainly it got its roots in this like really dingy, grimy, you know, sort of underground. You music, know. man. All the music. All of oh, us would totally. go. Yeah. And, you know, also like the bartenders literally did not give a fuck at the time. Yeah. Like they really didn't, which was really cool if you worked there or if you were a regular. Yeah. Um, it wasn't cool if you wanted to actually spend your money there or get served. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sort of six years ago when I took over that spot, we, we weren't doing as well as we should have been. And I don't, <laughs> we weren't doing well at all. Okay. Wow. People were basically giving away the house. I see. And, you know, which is great when you're a bartender, you think, oh, I'm just going to give my friends these things and then I'm going to get all of this money in my tip jar. Right. And this bottle of booze technically didn't cost this much because I saw the invoice. So I'm only giving away $20 worth of booze because that's how much the bottle cost. But people who don't run a business don't understand, don't understand that. overhead, the taxes. Exactly. Yeah. The, how much you pay your employees. It doesn't matter if they only make two fourteen an hour. There's an entire kitchen in the back. Mm. And, you know, uh, just so many things go into it. And we were at a point at that time that changes needed to be made. Otherwise, we probably would have sort of had the same fate as, let's say, Lovejoy's. Yeah. You know? With that particular objective in mind is that why they brought you this well-versed person this veteran of hospitality in to kind of clean house was that the objective or did you just notice like i don't know that we can sustain the business like this i so i wasn't you know brought in to necessarily clean house i had been working there as a part-time bartender okay and i had always loved that bar when i would come visit for south by so when john and i moved here i said you know what? I worked really hard for like the last decade. Yeah. I'm only going to work at places that I really want to work. Definitely. Yeah. I know what I'm worth. I know what my resume stands for. Even if these people don't know these places in California, it doesn't really matter because I know that I'm very diverse mm. and there's literally nowhere that I can't work. So I applied to Jackalope and I was hired, you know, pretty much the next day. Amazing. I just happened to come in while the owner was sitting at the bar. And he told somebody, hire that person. You know, Amazing, he took yeah. took a look at the resume. I said, well, like, first of all, I don't even know that people had resumes yeah. six years ago that they were, like, flyering the town with nice paper and well-dressed. And Watermarks, I still, yeah. <laughs> I still get people to this day who come in for literally a scheduled interview, and I can't tell if they're homeless. Oh, so man. It's you know, so strange. Right? It's crazy. So but you, you have this ago, professional nature about you, though, right. you know? I mean, you're up in the game. Yeah. So, yeah, fortunately, <laughs> I was really on point that day. And I started as a part-time bartender, you know, just sort yeah. of this on-call person. They didn't, quote, unquote, have any shifts for me. But right. then it was like, oh, shit, nobody actually really wants to work. Everybody, like, wants to day off every day. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm picking up all these crazy shifts. I'm, like, there every day. And I have a meeting with the owner, Jason, and he, you know kind of asked me, what is it that you think about the place? You know, you just kind of got here, but I didn't spend a lot of time talking to him or any one person while I was working. I was literally busy working, helping right, people. Right, right. And so I think just my work ethic was very different than a vast majority of the people who were working there at the time. Sure. Certainly there were a lot of really great people who worked there and that continued to work there years after I took over, you know, um, but... I think it was very easy to see somebody who was motivated versus some people who were taking their jobs and their lives for granted. Yeah. So that's... So you wrote, like, it was self-evident. Like, Correct. you needed it. Just talking to you on the phone, I'm going to tell you, know, like, I'll go back to this. Like, you take shit seriously. I this do, is yeah. This great, though. You know, you're, you take your time seriously. You take the brand seriously. Right. You're like, is this scheduled? I've got, you give me notice. Right. You know, like, this is a great thing. So you have, like, this this business acumen that in a lot of ways is very, very uncommon yeah. in the industry. And maybe that's where that's your edge. Just wanted to get shit done, do it the right way. Oh yeah. Like the right, like the right way the first time. That's right. Yeah. Without like having to go back. Well, yeah. So that's kind of how I ended up, you know, being in that bar management position. And we certainly had turnover pretty immediately. I bet. Because I think people were used to doing things the way that they did them. And people don't necessarily like change, especially at that time. They didn't really totally. have a boss who like right. actually held people accountable. 
Wait, accountable? I don't want to yeah, be accountable. You, you be accountable. I don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah. Why would I do that? <laughs> Why would I tell these people no who are stealing and giving away all these things? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. They, they were wasted too. So yeah. There was a lot of bad decisions being made. Um, but how long did it take you before you felt like you had taken the reins and really realigned it, recalibrated back to a place where, where we're going to make it now? We're not that close to closing down. I honestly didn't realize what negative sort of shape that it was in. Like from a, from a person who had worked at a lot of different places as an yeah. employee, I was like, whoa, shit needs to change and it needs to change fast. Like right, just right. from my own perspective, I was like, who the fuck's even running this place? Yeah, like yeah. When I wasn't bar manager, I'm like, there's like five people who say that they're their managers and I've got like bartenders yelling at and degrading barbacks, like losing it on them. I'm like, wow. this place is like the fucking Wild West and yeah. like not in a good way. The inmates are running it, aren't they? Totally. And I, you know, again, when people have worked at a place for a long time and there's not a lot of accountability and you are allowed to be wasted behind the bar and this is kind of the cultural norm of yeah. the place, um, for me, that wasn't normal. Right. You know, like for me, every place that I had ever worked if you don't sell and you don't have high sales, you don't have shifts. Yep. And at the end of the night, everybody's comparing what their sales were to your sales. And if you're the weak link, you're not getting scheduled next week. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Hello, we're in the sales business. Right. right we're in right. customer service, but we're in sales, people. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't until I want to say, you know, anywhere from like six months to a year later, I was having a meeting with the general manager of the time. Mm. And he's the one who told me, you know, hey, I just want you to know that we were in some bad shape, you know, before you kind of came along. And that so, like he's saying this now we're in the clear. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Basically, like, you know, there were, you know, in his opinion, cases of liquor, you know, quote unquote, going out the back door. Oh, my gosh. Which, you know, even if somebody's not physically taking that liquor. It's the amount that's being lost in inventory every single month because the employees are giving it away or they're drinking it themselves. Right, right. You know, that is that is money lost. And again, Absolutely. people don't think that, oh, well, this bottle of vodka only costs $10. It's way beyond that. Yeah. And, you know, I think tightening the reins and getting rid of some, you know, ultimately some bad seeds or people who couldn't, like, adhere to what was actually happening but also, we started making a lot more money when I took over. Not just the business, but People as like, notice. Yeah. <laughs> but like as you know, as as employees, it was like, you know, I remember working there on a Friday night when all these other bars are packed before I was the bar manager, and leaving with hundred and ten dollars and oh, getting wow. out at four in the morning. I'm like, these people aren't making any money. hundred and ten dollars on, on a Friday night. Six is not, on, yeah. That's insane. But again, those people blamed the business. Right. It's the business's fault that nobody comes in. Maybe it's your fault because you're really rude. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's your fault because you stare at the customers that you don't know in an evil way and yeah, you don't yeah. actually want them to come in instead of being like, hey, guys, what's up? What can I get for you? you Again, know? some really, really striking parallels to people, how they vote, how they feel right. marginalized, how it's everybody else's fault. Right. It's not it's my fault. It's not my fault. Yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. God, accountability. That's yeah. a whole other show. But it is. That is a really important value. And it's nice to know you came in. I, I imagine like this Alec Baldwin kind of type that's like cleans, cleans shit up, you know? Yeah. It's like you get the good leads only if you're good kind of thing. Anyway, yeah, Glenn Gregg and yeah, Ross, that kind totally, of thing. Yeah. But you, you course cracked. They notice you're the GM. And so things obviously are going well for how, how long? Because I'm trying to think of the, the timeline between when this idea of the second location, how did it kind of start to percolate? So... After I was made bar manager, I became a managing partner probably, I don't know, a year and a half later, I want to say, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere in that time. So I had been, you know, working on that brand for a while now, you know, between then and now. And probably about two South Bys ago, I had a very serious conversation, you know, with, with my, you know, boss and partner, Jason. And... I was ready to be off 6th Street. You know, yeah. I'm like, I really like this bar and I really like this brand and what it is that we're doing. But I think we're ready to open another location and expand. You know, he, he and I had talked like, well, what is it that you want to do? Do you want to? Because at the time, at this time that we're having this conversation, I was also the GM of Chupacabra. 
oh, okay. next door. Yeah, yeah. So I was like managing. <laughs> I don't, really don't know where I get the energy. I was managing two places at once simultaneously. Yeah. Um, you know, on Sixth Street. So that's you know, it's it's not like it's like these slow like, uh, I don't know, bars that it's like oh you know whatever we maybe did a ten thousand dollars in sales this week. And, right. You know, no, I mean it's like two fast paced. Totally. Things. Yeah. That's the perfect training. Yeah. You know yeah. the gauntlet to get you prepared for yeah. opening up a new location. So we had had a pretty you know direct conversation of you know I'm ready to do something else. I still want to do it within you know this brand that I've really been working on, but I'm really, you know, wanting to expand it. Yeah. So that's basically where the conversation started. And then he and the other partner started looking really heavily into different areas of town, different locations. I started looking into different locations. Um, the other partner is very savvy when it comes to real estate. Yeah. So he knows all the ins and outs of, you know, following the trends and, you know, I'm not going to use the word obsessed with real estate. He's like kind of obsessed with real estate. He tinkers. He tinkers. <laughs> he tinkers to the wee hours. Uh, so they started really, you know, looking hard over at the Riverside location that we're at now. How long? So when you guys kind of look, identified the location to now, because it's still not even fully, the grand opening is not until two, basically two weeks still. Yeah. So how long did it take? in terms of build out and getting that place ready to go live. So we acquired that building uh, in October of last year. Okay, okay. And, you know, as we all know, South By is a huge halting point for business. Oh, right. You know, so it's kind of like the entire city stops. Either you're working on something before South By or you're waiting until South By is over. Yeah. So we really, even though we had that building, we didn't really go into it and start the build out till you know, right around the time of South by, mm -hmm. um, you know, because the downtown locations, that's the bread and butter oh, yeah. for everybody. You got to focus. Yeah, You really, really have to focus <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you want to hit your goals and all this, whatever. So we probably started, you know, somewhere in the April, May, June, you know, time frame yeah. um, of this year and then hitting it really hard and then completing it, you know, at the beginning of October. Was there a specific, unique quality you wanted it to have as an extension of the brand? Because now you, yeah. you can get more space. Yeah. It's a newer build-out, right. obviously. So you get to offer some things maybe you couldn't do downtown. Well, you know, so when we were thinking about this location, you know, one thing that had, you know, been asked of me is like, hey, Alexis, do you think that you want to keep this or emulate the downtown location? And I said no. Because to me, that downtown location is really special and really unique. Yeah. And even just by like geographical nature, where it is, you know, on 6th Street with these limestone walls and this 100-year-old building and this very cave-like structure. Totally cave-like. Yeah. You know, I kind of say it's like if there was a bar in the movie Labyrinth. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. know, with these like kind of, you know, I'll just say like moist-looking walls. <laughs> um, Even though they could, in fact, be moist limestone. But yeah, yes. they could. Yeah. But no, you're right. Like, how do you reproduce that without looking intentional? Totally. And like contrived yeah. and, you know, almost like a farce of, you know, like this is cheesy. Right, this is right. like, you know, maybe a pirate ship versus, you know, what, what it was intended to be. So I instead really thought about, okay, well, if the downtown location is where the jackalope was sort of born and got its legs mm. then this other location because we don't want it to be the exact same should be the evolution of the jackalope v version 2.0 correct yeah. exactly so this is you know i say the downtown location is where you know jackalope used to get dirty and party and you know probably spit in people's faces for all i know yeah and just really pretty let sure. loose. Yeah, yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, maybe fell down and skinned its knees a few times. Who knows? Totally. Um, Vomited it on itself at yes. least a few times. And maybe other people. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, South Shore location is, you know, sort of where Jackalope decided, hey, I still really like drinking. I really like being outside. I really like being with my friends. I love living in Texas, but I just can't drink the way that I used to. Yeah. So, you know... I'll say downtown is Mel Gibson mm. and, you know, South Shore is Danny Glover because he's too old for the show. Oh, <laughs> you know that's a I'm nice, uh, yeah. 
duality. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, it's um, beautiful. Yeah, so we really focused on having sort of this like glamping, swankier image. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of natural wood in the building. We have, I think, the biggest disco ball in town. Amazing. We have a really beautiful outdoor area um, that, you know, to me, people who live in Austin love to sit outside and drink. Yeah. So we really wanted to expand the patio, but again, not in the same vein as the downtown location, because if we tried to recreate that patio, it would have been super cheesy. Yeah. You know, so this is more... I think come hang out with your friends. You know, we've got like cornhole and Jenga and, you know, a lot of picnic tables. So there's a lot of space for you to be with people that you want to look at directly in the eye and hang out with and have a long conversation and catch up with them. That's incredible. A shift, maybe an evolution, kind of cocktails and stuff too. Do you guys have a proper cocktail menu this time around too? So the downtown location, we have a cocktail menu. Yeah. And we have a cocktail menu at this location, but they're both built for speed. What I we see. do is quick and efficient. You know, we're not muddling anything. We're not trying to necessarily wow you with our knowledge of any specific spirit. Yeah. There's a lot of very knowledgeable people there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's not the ultimate goal. We have a really big beer selection that's super diverse. And to me, I think beer is like the every man's talking point yeah, you can sure. you can look at a cocktail menu and sometimes be a little bit put off or i don't know what that is i don't know how to say this word maybe intimidated by intimidated it. for yeah. sure um i think beer is something to me when i think of a neighborhood bar people sitting around swilling their beer and hanging out and maybe i know that i like this one type of beer mm-hmm. can you recommend another one like this it's a little bit easier You're to right. have that yeah, conversation yeah. with those people and i think jackalope is a bar that people of all walks of life have always felt really comfortable mm-hmm. so we really wanted to make sure that happened at this new location so we have cocktails on draft oh, that's which perfect. is fun for speed great, it's functional exactly. right yeah um, we have a rotating frozen, which I think is oh, fun. Cool. So that gives people a little bit of, you know, leeway to be a little bit more experimental or creative. Yeah. Um, and then we have, I want to say about five or six other cocktails that are, that are house. All of our house cocktails are served in Mason jars. That's so cool. Yeah, you know, so that's fun too. It's like, here I am with my 16 ounce, you know, cocktail <laughs> yeah. that versus, you know, maybe let's say a small coupe. Right. Right. You know, which again, I love all types of bars, but for me having a nice hearty you know beverage in front of makes me makes more sense it does yeah. yeah for that for that brand for sure i know that so i've got two other questions for you i know that the jukebox was a linchpin moment or a facet of jackalope downtown got to imagine you guys spent some time thinking about the music this time around we spent a lot of time thinking about the music and I probably thought about the music to the point that I had to stop thinking about the music. Yeah. And, you know, Jackalope's always been known, I think, for being sort of a trendsetter, but yeah. really on par and on point of what is happening in, you know, our demographics listening range. You right. know, what are our people listening to? What are we listening to? So... While you're not going to hear, like, let's say Slayer, right. you know, uh, though our last call song is always For Whom the Bell Tolls. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. You got the bell already working yeah, for you. Yeah, boom. So, okay, yeah. last calls, Whom the Bell Tolls, that puppy plays, then it's time to go. <laughs> Everybody knows that at this point. Um, we, I think, probably have a lot of very interesting music, you know, from maybe like I think we've spanned different genres, however. Yeah. You know, it's not just one type of music. So, you know, to me, we've got some, like, lo-fi, surf, indie. Cool. Um, we've got instrumental hip-hop, throwback hip-hop. Um, you know, we've got, to me, things that fit within the brand, but you're not going to hear, you know, the same Kiss song or Van Halen song. Deep Guts. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah every, yeah. you know, uh, every single night of the week, you're going to hear some maybe like a B-side. Yeah. Or, <laughs> That's yeah, good because yeah. it is intentional, but it's never that way because it comes from passion because I know all you guys are big music. Fans. Right, right. And that's one of the things I think that you, as someone that's there that you get, that it's not, I'm not trying to make you feel a particular way, right? Like it's not it's contrived you're, you're, right. when you said that earlier. It's more like, I really love this thing. 
hopefully you guys can feel the love and love it too. Right. Which is a whole different kind of atmosphere. And I think that's why the original Jackalope resonates so well. Still, mm-hmm. still relevant, you know, which is crazy because a lot of bars downtown, you know, they get turned over. Yeah. Those brands are meaningless. They really are. But Jackalope is this kind of vestige of a previous time of awesome, but still kind of evolving. Exactly. And I think a lot of the thing with the Jackalope, like why we're successful still, and honestly more so now at this point, is that bar is run with intention. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people start to take, you know, maybe their business or a business for granted. And they're only maybe looking at the bottom line or the P&L or the cost of goods or whatever it is. And sometimes it's easy to forget because you've, we are so bound by the money. Right. You know, there's rent to pay. There's there's so many there's so many costs that go into running a business that people don't realize. It's easy, I think, for some people to lose sight of the fact that you're actually serving people and the people serving people are people too. That's right. Yeah. You know, so you have to take care of your staff. You have to make sure that they feel appreciated and that they understand if we have a sales goal, why we have these sales goals. And they're motivated by those things instead of, why do I have to do this? Right. You know, why is that my job? It's culture. Right, it's building exactly. a culture. And it's building respect and appreciation for the place you work. You know, I think that most people in today's American society spend more hours at work than they do in their own home. Yeah. So if this is an extension of where you choose to spend your time, then I would sincerely hope that you treat this place with as much respect as you do your own home. And convert it. Conversely, that it treats you with the respect right. that you would get at home, or if your kids hate you, that you don't get at home. So. Right, right, exactly, and that's why I'm here all the yeah, time. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I, 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 I get yelled at every day of my life in my house, so I've decided to work more. Yeah, it's a good way to get away from the kids, from what I understand. Although, no kids for me yeah. just yet. Me, so, me either. Yeah, I'm not not a not a good thing right now. But the, it comes to the kind of the last question here, and. You guys have been doing some business since October, mm-hmm. but November 19th, which is a Saturday, yeah. and I'll, I'm really, really looking forward to this grand opening, this, I imagine, very uh, subtle display of, <laughs> yeah. of grandiosity, you know, because yeah. it's like a big deal that it's It's a opening. really big deal, yes. What can we expect on that Saturday? What do you, what do you want people to walk away with that night, the opening of Jackalope South Shore? Uh, personally, I th- would love for people to walk away from that experience feeling like they identify with what it is that we're doing. Yeah. You know, certainly p- putting on an event like this, like you really lose a lot of sleep because a grand opening only happens the once. That's right. And we have a lot of, I think, really interesting things that will be going on through that night. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of support from the people who have supported us over the years. And... Ultimately, I want you to feel like you left a jackalope party. Amazing. It doesn't matter where, which jackalope it was. Uh, probably you should take a ride share. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Think ahead, people. And we have bike racks there, too. Killer. Yeah. So it's going to be an amazing thing. I, some of the staff you've got. I mean, Tacey's still there. Right? Mm-hmm, Jeremy. Yeah. Yep. These are really, really great minds. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine a better culture that you could kind of build with these folks. Yeah. And it's it's amazing to know we all grow up, the descendants have jobs now. Yeah. You know right, what I mean? Totally. Like where would they drink? They yeah. you know, it used to be Milwaukee's best on a concrete floor. Yeah. But now, you know, like Milo be, works yeah. at three M or something. You gotta up the stakes. Yeah. You need a nicer cocktail. Yeah. So Jack Club two point I think it's gonna be brilliant. I think so too. I think people are gonna have a really great time and I think Overall, the feedback we've had has been amazing. You know, we have a lot of staff that we brought from the downtown location over. So we have a really, to me, unique and diverse amount of people and, you know, skill levels there. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I'll see you on the 19th. It'll be great. And I'll make sure that we spread the word as much as we can. Please do. So thanks so much for chatting with me, Alexis. And thanks for sharing some old charter tenure. This is something that, like I said, kind of a white whale and people chug it down. And I did. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Well, there we have it. What do you guys think of Alexis? Great work ethic. One of the most responsive and responsible and schedule-focused people I've ever had on the show. And it was great getting to talk to her about her methodology. And I hear she runs a very tight ship. But two things remaining I want to talk about. One was 
This is the first chat I had with anybody post-election results. And a lot of people in a lot of interesting places, some dark, some weird. Maybe we're feeling disenfranchised. Maybe we're feeling marginalized. Maybe we're not feeling heard. All of that stuff is very reasonable, and I completely understand. I hope that we all can be positive and optimistic about the things that will be happening in the next four years. I am here to talk about it, and I hope you always feel comfortable reaching out if you want to commiserate. And secondly, of course, the great news is Jackalope 2.0, Jackalope South Shore, the location that is an expansion, a lovelier, more mature version of the original, has its grand opening this Saturday on November 19th. I hope to see you there. I think the cocktails will be great. I think the music will be great. And there is a big focus on beer this time around. So grab yourself a pint and enjoy that grand opening of Jackalope South Shore this Saturday on November 19th. Thank you, Alexis, for chatting with me. And thank you all for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter if you're waiting for the coffee to kick in or if you're thinking it's really going to get down into the 40s this weekend, please keep thinking.